Chapter Five of Outlaws of Ravenhurst by Sister M. Imelda Wallace, S.L. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Castle Ravenhurst. It was harvest time before the long journey on sea and land ended. They changed horses at the last inn, and the carriage rattled merrily along the highland road. The tired boy had watched the haymakers, field after field, until he had fallen asleep. Sir Roger sat scowling, tapping his boot with his scabbard. Godfrey, who seemed to be something more than a servant, sat watching him. Three long years of labor, and the end of failure,' growled the nobleman. "'Failure? Is it a lord of the house of Gordon who cries failure when the first knock comes? We have the heir, and old Ravenhurst will yet be the greatest earldom in Scotland.' "'The heir, we have him indeed. But what an heir!' We would do better without him. Bred on the farm, he has the manners of a clown. Still, he is learning. At least he can bow without falling down. Time and training will remedy his lack of culture. It is the Catholic faith in him which ruins all. The faith of a ten-year-old boy ruins all. Oh, Sir Roger, is this the spirit of the noble house of Gordon? You see for yourself his stubbornness. Stubbornness! That is the best point in the lad. Do you think a weakling could ever win back the lands of Ravenhurst? Our work is to turn his strong will from his faith to what we wish. Very easily said, my good Godfrey, but it cannot be done. What else have I striven to do since the day I found him? Right at this moment that red-bearded Abel has more influence with him than I. Sir Roger, it is a hard matter to skin a deer with the handle of a knife. The blade does such work much better. What do you mean by that? I mean what I have said from the first. Don't try to drive the boy. Lead him. Lead him. A ship's cable would not draw that boy one step. My lord, I said lead. I did not say draw. No more of your riddles, my good Godfrey. Speak plainly. Sir Roger, fire and sword could not turn that boy from his faith now, while he loves it. But let him alone, and he will forget both Abel and his teaching. Tell him of fire the braes and langsword, till he longs to be as great an earl as they, nay, even the greatest of them all. Then, in later years, when it is a choice between lands, castle, and the king's favor, or the Catholic faith and poverty, there may be a struggle. But the faith will go to the wall. Perhaps, and perhaps he will die for leading some fool's chase of a rebellion. That has happened before. True, but he is only a child. A child's faith dies easily if it is not nourished. The one I fear is his mother. If you will follow my advice, he will never see her, never even knows that she lives. I need the mother's evidence that he is the heir. Lady Margaret will not dare to cross my will. She knows the penalty. Sir Roger's face grew very ugly. The Lady Margaret will not dare... Remember, that frail and gentle woman is a Douglas. Who has ever yet bent the will of a Douglas? Let her once speak to him. Let her but once tell him of the old Earl, or of that fool, Gordon's father. Oh, have a care. It will be an easy task to lead the boy. But the boy with his mother at his back. Aye, that's another tale. She will have more influence with him than a dozen Abel's. Douglas or no, my lady will fare ill if she crosses wills with me. 
There is such a thing as the will of a Gordon, as well as that of a Douglas. I am no weakling to bend to a woman. Let her once dare open her lips. Let her once dare. I will execute the law to the fullest extent. The sleeping boy stirred. Sir Roger's voice grew suddenly pleasant. Ah, little nephew, you are sleeping at a strange time. We shall see the castle in a few moments. Yonder is the spot where Gordon Fire the Braves killed the great deer. Godfrey pointed to a glen leading into the heart of the mountain. Did you not tell me that the antlers are still in the castle? The boy was wide awake now. There in the old earl's room above the fireplace. You may see them tonight if you wish. Old Fire the Braves was a great man in his day. Sir Roger looked at the eagle light in the boy's eyes and smiled at Godfrey. Do you see that point of rocks jutting out from Ben Ender into the Frith? In the lee of that is the spot where Gordon of the Langsword landed when he swam the Frith from shore to shore and carried the message for the king. The Gordon leaned forward eagerly. Was there ever a greater earl than the Gordon of the Langsword? Godfrey has told me so many wonderful deeds that he did. Indeed, he was the proudest of them all. The earldom reached its greatest extent in his days. But he died at Solway Moss, fighting for King James. The days have been evil for the house of Gordon since then. Sir Roger paused a moment to look at Godfrey, for the boy's face was all aglow. Land after land was taken from us, till, when I became regent, we had little more than the bare rock on which the castle stands. I have gained a good portion for you, and you must do the rest. I will do all that can be done until you are a man, but you must be the earl who raises Ravenhurst even higher than she was before she fell. I will try, my lord. The Gordon spoke very slowly. His square little jaw grew a little sharper. His eyes shone with a wild Douglas fire. Godfrey looked at Sir Roger and smiled. The road made a short turn round the cliff. In the depths below, the water foamed among the rocks. Far off down the frith, five great gray towers stood out in the sunset. The slant rays sifting down among them touched here and there a battlement with gold and deepened the purple shadows. From the seaward tower came a puff of white smoke and then a roar. Sir Roger rose in the carriage, lifting his plumed hat. Over the water the sound of a great bell rolled. The rocks caught the echo, and many an elfin note made answer from crag and cliff and forest, far up even to the summit of old Ben Ender. "'What is all this noise about?' whispered the lad. "'Tell me, Godfrey, or I shall make a blunder.' "'Will you never learn that you are the scion of the House of Gordon? "'The cannon and the bells of old Ravenhurst are welcoming you, my lord.' "'The road turned in among the hills again. "'The castle was out of sight. "'Lowlanders have taken our land and made my people slaves. "'You told me so long ago.' "'The Gordon spoke very slowly.' But an earl as great as Langsword could win it all back again. You must be that earl. I will do my best, uncle. There is just one thing standing in the way. Godfrey shook his head and frowned sharply. His lips said, Not now, not yet. But they made no sound. Sir Roger continued in spite of the warning. He was as certain of victory now as he had been of failure. One thing stands in the way. This one thing will rule in all, if you have not the sense to give it up. You cannot be a Catholic, and win back to Ravenhurst her rightful place in Scotland. 
The king is for the new faith, and will put down with fire and sword any noble who stands for the old. My lord, said the boy, looking straight into his uncle's eyes, the earldom costs too much. There is nothing worth the buying if the price be the fire of hell forevermore. Daddy Abel said so. A chorus of shouts drowned Sir Roger's answer. The Gordon, the Gordon, hail to the young chief. Aye, Sir James' son, and no mistake. It was a group of herdsmen watching from a cliff. Another turn among the crags, and he could see the road winding up to the castle, and the crowds of peasants throng after throng along the wayside. The Gordon, the Gordon, aye, in very truth the Earl's own son. God's blessing on his young head. The Gordon, the Gordon. Right and left the lad threw civil bobbies out among them, as he passed on a long way up to the castle. The great grey drawbridge came clanging down across the moat. A double file of soldiers marched out, cheering as only soldiers can. The Gordon, the Gordon, welcome to the chief. They crossed their blades, and the lad walked on beneath the shining arch of steel. Straight across the courtyard, between the files, stepped the sturdy little figure. The castle doors swung open. Long lines of servants in the great hall bowed and cheered as he passed along the polished floor. The massive, carven doors of the drawing-room slid back noiselessly. Someone in green and gold called, Sir Charles Gordon, Lord Rock Raven, Sir Roger of Gordon. The boy looked about him in wide-eyed wonder. Never had he dreamed of such a place. Candles, it seemed to the boy they were a thousand, made the room as light as day. Pictures, great ones from floor to ceiling, statues, massive furniture and rich tapestry, ladies in crimson and ladies in gold, ladies in purple and ladies in blue, gentlemen dressed like peacocks with gold lace and jeweled shoe-buckles, here a plaided chief, and there an English noble. From a hundred throats burst the old, old cheer that had greeted the earls of Ravenhurst these hundreds of years. The Gordon, the Gordon, welcome, my lord, thrice welcome. Among them all the puzzled lads saw one kind face. It was a little woman with snow-white hair, a face worn and thin as if from much suffering, two dark blue eyes that looked straight into his own. He turned to her as to a friend. "'Aren't you somebody that belongs to me?' he whispered. The woman took his face in her frail hands. She looked at him long and lovingly. "'I am your mother, Gordon, and you are welcome home.' Ah, Lady Margaret, you must not keep his young lordship all for yourself. Let us kiss him, too, cried gay voices. Sir Roger frowned. He had always feared that the boy would show his farm rearing by his clumsiness, and now, at this all-important first appearance, there he stood, timid, stammering, clinging to his mother's hands. Not one of those graceful bows, not one of those neatly turned speeches— Oh, how carefully he had trained him just what to do and say. The red flush brought out the tan and freckles and made him look so common. Sir Roger remarked nervously, His lordship is browned by the voyage. Since when has a weathered face been a disgrace at Ravenhurst? queried Lady Margaret gently. In truth, there never was a carpet night among the lairds, from old Gordon Fire the Braves to your most noble brother. The lad saw that his mother's words had angered his uncle. He put one arm about her, as if to guard her, and looked straight at them all. 
the bashfulness was gone and there was in the boy's figure a certain dignity how much he resembles his father said one ay too much like the earl i fear god grant him a better end but then remarked a noble who seemed of some importance at least in his own eyes but then he has you sir roger you will do your duty we need have no fear of the mother's proving unwise while the uncle is at hand i will indeed do my duty my lord both by the heir and by ravenhurst sir roger answered somewhat stiffly lady gordon will wisely remember that there are laws concerning the imparting of knowledge on certain dangerous subjects to youth of our land the dark eyes of lady margaret looked straight into sir roger's i thank your lordship for your kindness i am well aware of the laws of which you speak and know how to conform myself to them her voice was sweet and low but there was a ringing firmness in her tone a light in the depths of her eyes she seemed to be a mother eagle guarding her young end of chapter five